from Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Hey, you guys, we are on The Stoop Sessions. My name is Stephanie Greer. My name is Joel. My name is Eric Hill. I like saying the last name as long as I can. Uh, what are we talking about As today? long as you can. Well, in, as long as... Is there a dead deadline coming up? No, there's no deadline, but pretty soon I'll go back to Stephanie. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just practicing it. I gotcha. All right, so anyway, I was going to ask you guys what we were going to talk about, but I think I'm just going to tell, tell y'all what tell we're us, talking about Tell us, tell us. All right, so we are talking about the false gospel of change your community. And my question is this, does the quality of your community or the resources, does it make the person? Does salvation um, and the availability of resources actually save? That's my question. Well, let's start. Is changing the community, is it a bad thing? Mm. No. no. That was a really clear, Moving on. concise answer. <laughs> Next. Okay. <laughs> a lot of individuals well, get that confused, though. You, a good there's question. There's a misconception right. there. Yeah. It's, so what are you trying to say? What am I trying to say? No, it's not a bad thing. I think uh, changing the community is always something that's, uh, I guess, amoral. I, I guess it depends on what we're changing the community to, right? Yeah. But um, when we think about our neighborhood, uh, we, when we think about our city as a whole, not just our neighborhood, but just you know our whole city of Baltimore that we're in, yeah. there's a lot of change that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, Eric, you've been here for a while in Baltimore City. Yeah. Uh, AKA His a wild whole meeting. life. Your whole My life. Whole life. <laughs> yep. Thirty-seven years. Do you feel like Baltimore needs change? Oh yes, yes. Um, I mean, just the neighborhood that I live in, right, is a neighborhood that's plagued violence, drugs. Mm-hmm. I don't think any person in that right mind would want a neighborhood to to be that way. Yeah, we've had uh, issues with mayors in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. We've had scandals and schemes. <laughs> Corruption right. and in the city. Embezzlement. Yep. I just. Uh, was talking to somebody about one of our old neighborhood families that took out life insurance policies on family members and then had them killed. Do you remember this, Eric, back in the I day? I don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, and if I did, I don't. I don't know nothing. And, oh, check this out. A little different story, but there was a pastor in 2011, I think, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. A pastor who did the same thing with... Uh, um, Older people in his church that the church had taken under their wing, they had mental issues, and he took out life insurance policies on them and then had the deacon kill them. Sheesh. Wow. That sounds like a bad Medea movie, but it's real life. <laughs> maybe it's not, right. Yeah, maybe it's the church that's part of the problem. So corruption goes deep. It does go deep. And we have people promising change, and they promise change as yeah. if it is the one solution to all of our problems so that that that's the question first um is there any reality to the fact that different communities or communities that are under-resourced uh filled with violence filled with um open air drug markets is there any reality to the fact that there there are harder conditions there harder conditions to live on uh, a different type of maybe a quality of life like right have we uh, have we on this uh, what do we call this podcast? Podcast, that's right. Stoop on sessions. Po- the stoop. Se- have we, on the stoop, have we talked about like some of the history of like redlining and stuff like that? Maybe very briefly. We haven't like dedicated a whole. Episode Why don't we just briefly it. hit on some of that? How our neighborhoods 
ended up the way they are. Why don't you, Joel? Yeah, you actually know more than I do about Either that. And I'm from the need is Our buddy Montrell on here. <laughs> yeah, he gets passionate. So he would say, yo, yo, yo. So let's check it out. <laughs> We're on Utah Place, right? Keep this going. street is the dividing line. So in the 1900s, there were associations built for the sole purpose of making sure black and brown people did not own property on that side of the land. And then, check this out, this is what they did. Mm -hmm. Then they had the houses on the other side of the block um, uh, fall prey to predatory lenders. They had individuals that um, would, they'd sign them up for loans, balloon loans, and then they would lose their houses. And so that's that's why there's vacant houses, right? Right. And then he'd say, um, (laughs) along with... The other side, uh, the houses on the block, not only were there associations where you couldn't own, on top of that, um, they they weren't really changed or challenged until very later in the yeah. 1900s. And here we are right now in the middle of it all. Yeah. Something like that, he'd so say. So that's, that's our context, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, and so it has created, I mean, that's one piece of the puzzle, right? But it's created a lot of issues. Yeah. And... I, you know, there's so much connected with each other, but houses with lower property value that look like the same type of houses uh, across a, a bunch of, uh, I guess, years means individuals don't want to live there. Right. And so they leave and yeah. here right. we have the slum. So. And then you might go to like some other communities, different contexts. Like I think if we went to the, like the Appalachian Mountains, say, and there's towns where mines have closed and there's... Uh, nothing left but poverty and addiction issues and uh, or we go to Lake City, Florida and uh, hang out with some folks down there where my brother lives, whole different set of problems. But whatever, I guess, you know, the history is behind why problems exist, the reality is, is here we are and we've got some communities that are uh, low income, filled with violence, drug addiction, uh, grandmothers raising the kids. Yeah. You know, in our community, 93% of the kids are single parent from single-parent homes, so that means generally dads aren't around. What, two out of three people don't work? Yeah. A full-time legal job. Half the kids won't graduate from high school. So, yeah, communities need change, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, we, we definitely would agree. But as Christians, our perspective on what that change looks like is different, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the world. Of course, we believe that the only thing that will produce lasting change in people's lives, in their communities, neighborhoods, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? And then we did a whole episode so, about that. We did. A couple episodes. If we were sitting around with like some community leaders, community developers, and we said, hey, the gospel is, you know, that's where it's at for change, what kind of response would we be getting from folks? Oh, man. Because, I, I mean, even in the church world, yeah. that feels like you're saying, so don't do anything. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So just look the other way. Just preach the gospel. Don't, don't, don't meet the needs. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So, no, that's not using that as like a cop-out to not help, you know, people's in their physical needs, the needs that we see all around us. So, for instance, Jeremiah 29 uh, verse 7 says this, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Mm. So you're living in a foreign land, exiles, but don't just simply live there. Don't hunker down. 
uh, and keep the tour to yourself, your little tour of studies, exactly. but actually seek the welfare of the city that you're in. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and we'd say an implication of the gospel is change. I think First uh, John uh, 3 17 where it says if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him how does god's love abide in him mm. little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth and so we've got to consider before we jump to all of the outside changes um we, we've got to address the heart of what we think the actual problem is that's right and that's why we say it's sin yeah. But if you know that the actual problem is sin, then you know these, that sin affects other people's hearts and that there's corruption and there's choices yeah. and partiality. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why we're saying the goal in and of itself isn't change the community, that's right. but change your community. Yeah, so we, we are focusing on the question right now, like, mm-hmm. then what are we about primarily? What's the mission of the church sort of stuff, right? That's right. But uh, loving your neighbor has got to be part of that, right? That's right. And so, I mean, we do talk about you know, trying to change the community. Stephanie, you know, you're trying to get people jobs. We got a jobs network. Uh, we're trying to do stuff with youth. Yeah, our members think strategically about how to yeah. uh, advocate for the individuals in their communities and in their neighborhoods. So it Sometimes is homeless it is folks being are living of, with other folks. Yeah. Them. Yeah. And so I, I feel like people would accuse somebody of, you know, just focus on the gospel as yeah. saying, well, you don't care about the physical needs of the person. Yeah. And I think we're just pushing back against it and saying that's yeah. not what that means. Yeah. Right. Morgan Prophet is a pastor in Massachusetts who's sitting in on this conversation and has something to add. He had a thought. <laughs> there you go. On changing the community, I would add that there is this, uh, as we read the scriptures, we're, as we rule with, you know, with God in Revelation and we as he brings about restoration of all things, restoring everything back to Eden, essentially, the garden. Um, are, is there not some part of us that's to begin that work now as believers? Um, uh, and as we take ownership for, for ourselves, for our community, for our neighbor, even, and, and for those places that we dwell. And so I'm, you know, I often will challenge people. It's like, listen, bro, if you're, if you're stepping over trash you know as you walk out your front porch to go share the gospel with somebody or or hoping to share the gospel with somebody the first place you could actually begin to model the 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 redemption the restoration that jesus is about is by picking up that trash on your way to go to go engage and so you know i think there is a an element to um to our calling to bring about a piece of physical restoration. Uh, obviously, that's not what the gospel is about, right? But I think in the, I think connected to the gospel is a call to care well for the place you live, do well to your neighbor, um, and bring about, uh, try to push back the effects of, of brokenness and sin in all areas, um, in, in restoration. I thought of how Adam's task was to tend the land, you know, and to, to um, 
make sure things were living and maintained. Not living and maintained. I'm thinking about the plants that I kill. But maintaining things and um, how the fall wrecked that. And so as you talk about even the results of the redemptive gospel, I think Jesus is restoring those things. And so you're right. There is a real... um, Need. I think sometimes uh, I can be reactionary to seeing um, so many individuals place their hope on what we change, assuming that we don't recognize the simple things we can do just in and of our own power, our own hands, our own families to, to kind of bring about change. But you're right. Jesus is bringing things back. He's restoring it to something even better. And so it's a good reminder to, to, um, to think about our individual uh, responsibility. When we think of like eschatology too, like on one hand, I'm not a I'm not a uh, post millennialist, which is the the position that basically says things will get better and better and better and better. You know, everything we do now is going to remain forever until the you know right. we're going to usher in the kingdom into New Bedford, usher in the kingdom. Right. You know, um, and so there's a sense in which I probably eschatologically, it's a big word. I probably kind of feel like things are kind of trending downward. You know what I'm saying? Like getting worse. Yeah. Um, and so it's not to say that if we go over and paint the school across the street, that that paint is going to last into the eschaton, right? <laughs> right? It's, not like, it's not like picking up the trash is actually ushering in the kingdom. So we got to be careful with our language Absol- to some degree, yeah, yeah. Some, some degree, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I would agree with that, that. I don't think we're ushering it in. Uh, but displaying what is to come. Displaying what is, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good way to say it's, it. It may be similar to what, Eric, you read earlier out of Jeremiah. Um, here we are in exile. Let's display the order, the beauty of, of who we are as the people of God. You know, all of the promises for them was in the promised land, not in exile, right? But they were still to live lives of justice and to love their neighbors. Mm-hmm as a display of that promised land kind of life. Amen. So that's a really good point, Morgan. Thank you for that. All right, but, but, okay. I had a conversation with another pastor in the city once, and he told me, he said, Joel, he said, I don't see myself as a pastor. I see myself as a community developer. And the Lord has given me the church and the pulpit as a platform to do what really needs to happen in the community, and that is to bring in dollars and to redevelop the community. Thoughts on that? I just don't see that anywhere in the New Testament. <laughs> no, it's funny. So I just came from I just came from but, a, a elders um, yeah. ordination service mm-hmm. and was just reminded of the charge of elders, of a pastor, right? And that is to to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, we don't see anywhere in Scripture where that's the job of the pastor or the church yeah. is to make, like, these nice neighborhoods. And that's yeah. not to say that we don't care, right? But I just don't see that anywhere yeah. throughout the New Testament. Let's just pause for a second, though. So when you think of, like, the black church in America... Uh, we do have to recognize, particularly with the black church, that there was a mass, a, 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 there was a heavy emphasis on real community development. Why would that have been? Because churches were in real communities, and it would make sense that uh, your church would be the hub 
for the working out of social implications. It, yeah. it, we needed, you know, in that time, uh, your sense of support, both financially, with jobs, with family, with different kind of um, circumstances that individuals were living in, your church was everything you to you. Yeah. Rightfully so. Center I mean, of the yeah, you did see the acts for kind of heartbeat, and they shared everything that they had yeah. because they they really were all so that they had. They're starting jobs. They're of course yeah. starting businesses as they should, you know, right? and as we should. Yeah. So yeah, I think like that that. That all then is part of what we would be talking. Like we don't want to dismiss any of that, right? Of course. And here's the thing, I, I mean, I, I say this as an individual that has been given a lot of opportunities and privileges, but you dress up a city, you fix the sidewalk, you fix the roads. God knows we want the roads fixed, especially in Baltimore City, especially on your block. <laughs> I'm like, just lost the tire, yep. but. Um, our hearts, if they are not changed and regenerated, I'm telling you, we will find yet another idol to hold on to. That's why we push on, man, this is great if we get to change our community, but this is not where our hope is yeah. because we're trying to teach people to, to live for not just the temporal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's got to be an emphasis because individuals push, change a community, change a community, but we see time and time again when people have been given opportunities to just change a community and that's what they're relying on, it has not changed their hearts. Yeah. It hasn't. So we would say that change the community is a false gospel. Yeah. Right? Solely, yeah. yeah. To rely on that solely. So what would be the gospel narrative of change the community? Yeah. So one thing I've noticed about like these false gospels that we've been talking about is that it never the person who believes in it, like they never take responsibility like for their own individual actions, for their sin. So this whole narrative of change the community, this, this false gospel, would say that communities, like we're products of our communities. Mm -hmm. You're created by your community. Right. And as Christians, we believe that we are created by God. Right. Hello. Right. And not, so not, not the image of your community, but you're creating the image of God. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's a big huge. difference. You live in your community, right? But yeah. you, you weren't created right. by it. Right. Yeah. But if you think that you're created by the community and you've got problems, then your remedy is what? It's change the community. It's, right. it's we, we've got to find the dollars to bring in, to uh, rehab the community, to, to bring in new jobs, to make the houses nicer, whatever that might be, to get rid of the rats. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's always an amen. I've amen. had way too many run-ins with rats. You know that we have a couple in our life. church uh, who said that they told me that they've had They've killed literally dozens of rats in their house. Dozens. Yep. yep. Moving on. If you could see my face. But so in, in, I've had my own run-ins, but I will say um, in close quarters. But if we get the money, yeah. though, we can change the community. That's, make that's a redemption. Nicer community. Yeah. Community. And then restoration would be we've got cleaner communities. No trash. No trash. No and we've rats. got clean people. Right. This is no all we drugs. need, good people. So when we call it a false gospel, we're not saying change the community is bad or that we shouldn't focus on community development. Let's go for jobs. Let's go for businesses. Let's let the church be a hub for all of that. We're saying that the, the community is not, you are not an image of your community. You're an image of God. That's right. The fall is much worse than the fact that your community is bad. It's that <laughs> your heart is bad. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Redemption is going to cost a lot more than... Uh, 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 redeveloping your neighborhood, it's going to cost the, the son 
of God and his, his blood. Yeah. And uh, restoration looks a whole lot better yes. than just a, exactly. a clean community. It looks like it looks like a renewed world. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think recognizing that you're a slave to sin and Christ's redemption of you in that empowers you in a different way to change your community because you're changing your community out of the understanding of this ultimately isn't where my hope lies. This is yeah. just a privilege that I get to out of the yeah. reality of being redeemed and connected and um, bought by Christ. And so um, I think you would see more members, like you saying, changing their actual community, knowing mm-hmm. um, who they're. And it's appealing, right, to, to want to change your community, especially like you've read the statistics about mm-hmm. the community that we live oh, yeah. in. And, I mean, you see those, like, needs right before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, who wouldn't, like, want to change that community? Yeah. But, again, like you said, Steph, uh, we know that as Christians, we know that sin is at the root. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that we have bad hearts. Yeah. But you can't, like, see an individual's heart. You right. can mm-hmm. see physically, you Board know, everything house. that's yeah. right. You yeah. can the see wreckage. all of those things, yeah. But you can't, yeah. you can't see the, the bigger problem, the greater problem. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So uh, people coming in from the outside um, or even people on the inside who, are, who want to relocate the poor. That's one strategy of changing the community. The savior in that sense is the developer with all the money. You know, let's bring in, let's tear down the projects. Let's build nice new mixed income. And by the way, they call it mixed income, but it actually means rich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Generally speaking. Right. Um, or at least, at least that's their hope. It doesn't always turn out that way. Yeah. That's their hope. Affordable housing yeah. actually means you need to be making $100,000 a year. None of us. <laughs> I would be disqualified. Sorry. But, like, but here's the thing, though. I need though. to get out of y'all W-2s. There are, that's, that's one approach. <laughs> Another approach, though, I think would be those who are sort of from the community. Grandma's from the community. My family's from this community. And it's actually the developers that are the problem. We need to change the community on our own from the inside out. Right. You know, I think though, there, there are both of those mm-hmm. people in our communities. And I, too... I, I feel like being the queen of disclaimers. Um, we've been saying it a million times already, but you know, I'd say, okay, if if there is an individual who needs to be relocated in a different, you know, part of town, okay, sure. But that that in and of itself is not the saving point. So that's why we call it false gospel because it takes it takes one possible application and then makes it the actual basis of everything. Mm-hmm. That's or what one we're strategy, saying. One strategy, and then makes it the application. Yeah. And so then you go around trying to get everyone to pick up on the strategy, and eventually it will not work. And it has not worked, right? right. I mean, right. what? where is the mecca of Baltimore City? Where, what do we do? We're going to move to the county? Right. After we right. get to the county, what are we going to do? We're going to York, PA? I mean, how far yeah. do you want to relocate well, individuals? Yeah, and I think right now, <laughs> I think right now the what's what's hot is the idea of mixed income. Right, and that's sort of the you know if we can kind of put everybody together and and uh, but that's just the latest that's just the latest thing thing you know before that it was various housing approaches and uh, at the end of the day communities still suffer. Yeah, yeah. I did want to say that it, it uh, to just say we believe in the gospel solely uh, feels very countercultural. Yeah, cultural. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Countercultural, right? It, it, because it's saying, yeah, but what about, but, 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 and we're saying, yeah, but first we have to start at the gospel. And so um, that's yeah. why relocating or empowering. Start, under, start at the gospel, but 
as we form people of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can't work to make the community a better place for all people, right? right. We are peacemakers in the midst of chaos. Blessed uh, are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, yeah. yeah. Rodney Stark points out in the year 165, uh, there was a big epidemic pl- uh, plague that swept through the Roman Empire. Those that stayed behind were the Christians. You know, sure. they were the ones that were staying with the suffering. Uh, or Emperor Julian of the Roman Empire, Empire he said uh, that the, these Christians who he was so frustrated with, they care not only for their own poor, but they care for ours as well. Mm. That should be said of us. Yeah. yeah. And if we don't, you know, care about those um, around us, then it's like we, we're out of step with church history because right. this is something, you know, that the church has always done throughout the ages. Do I truly believe the gospel and, and what does that look like? Mm. Because I think uh, we've confused and almost referred out services that I think being good neighbors and good Christian neighbors, things that we would be doing. Yeah. And so I think State that's farm, been the confusion. Huh? State Farm. I mean, honestly, I think some Christians, myself included, I, it is something I, I often have to be asking the Lord to examine in my heart, but you start to think about your comforts more than the cost. Yeah, and so it confuses sure. people to think, oh, I need someone else to step in and change the community. Well, here we are. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, That's is there right. anyone among you sick? What are we, we going to do? Right. You know? That's good. Also, we've got to recognize that uh, I was preaching to our people, and I looked at them, and I was like, you know, we, we want to see change. But the worst thing that can happen is for us to see a community around us do well, get money, rebuild their houses, and then look like the rich neighborhood across the street, which doesn't care about the poor, godless, greedy, mm-hmm. self-sufficient. They don't, they're not interested in the gospel because they got all the things in the world. Isn't just having a nicer community shallow? solely relying on a nice community because we think that uh, being rich doesn't mean you're not broken and you yeah, are. You would think that being right. rich produces good people. Yeah. And there's definitely reality. That's false. false. <laughs> tell me why. Right. Exactly. Tell, tell me why. <laughs> go ahead. He's like false. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, tell, no, I'm, he's so passionate. The possessions that you have, any amount of uh, wealth that you have, like that, that has never been able to like change someone's heart. You can have like all the money in the world, and yeah. that doesn't that doesn't change your heart, right? Yeah. So that's, that's right. false. Yeah. yeah, and you see that you see it in in the the scripture where it's difficult for a rich man. Why? Yeah. Because he thinks he has all that he needs. Right. It takes so much to convince him. And again, this is not a call to like stay poor to be right. in a context where you you could be doing better, and you don't look at the common grace opportunities that God has given you. Yeah. But it is something for us to look at and to say, what do you what do you think is making it? Right. What's success? I, I think what it is is a indictment against the American dream. If my neighborhood is nice, then I can get my kids into a nice school, then they can mm-hmm. get a nice job. Uh, so that they can make a lot of money, so that they can live in a nice right. neighborhood, so their kids can go to a nice right. school, so their kids can and go to a nice keep... job. As if all having all of this worldly wealth is our answer, you know? Yeah. And I just think that the American dream has sold us a lie, you know? Yeah. And it's not to say, oh, let's hope to be hungry. Right. Let's hope to not have an, enough in this world. The Bible doesn't call us to, to want to be poor. We actually are, uh, uh, in, in the scriptures we see, a prayer like, hey, uh, 
don't make me so poor that I'm tempted to steal. Mm -hmm. Right? Give me just enough. Yeah. But don't give me so much that I'm tempted to be greedy. That's right. I think if we promote the hope or the false gospel that you just need to change your community, it makes our churches look completely the same. It's saying this is what you achieve in order to show that you're actually producing fruit. When you are at this median salary, at this job, these this many individuals in your family, um, this many kids in SOA, your 2.5 kids, here you've achieved salvation. And then when we read the 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 Bible, it does not say that. So I think we've got to ask ourselves, what are we trying to integrate into our church culture? And so mm-hmm. it's not easy for me to say because my heart is fighting against it, but really mm-hmm. it has never been um, change your community solely. Mm-hmm. Although Jeremiah tells us to what? Plant gardens. You know, yep. I'm all about planting Seek gardens. Seek the welfare. Seek yeah. the welfare. Yeah. But, but why? Because you're shaped by the, the truth of being made in God's image. And so I think it is an indictment against sometimes the American dream, but even more so Christians thinking that we can do both. And I don't know that we can. Yeah. I don't know that we can with having two masters. Yeah. I think Jesus said it best when he said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Jesus always has a way of saying it best, doesn't man. he? The wisest <laughs> preacher that ever lived, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what, what would it profit um, our communities and neighborhoods to be changed, to have all of these nice things, and yet in the midst, if we never address the the, the greatest need, yeah. which is salvation, which yeah. is to be reconciled to a holy God, then what is it really profiting them in the end? Yeah. yeah, that's right. So we are creating a countercultural society within the church, formed by the gospel, mm-hmm. living intentionally, displaying that countercultural reality. And as a result, our neighborhoods just might change, yep. right? There might be some, like Eric right now, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on on your block. Mm-hmm. Maybe in five years, there'll be some change there. We don't know. Could be. You know? Yeah. But, but here's the thing. I mean, we hope for that, right? We would yep. love to see real change, like you better the block yeah. because of your presence there. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe you get a house on the block too, in their house for sale on this phone. I'm praying. Yeah, yeah we lost it. Oh, okay. We were making an offer. For well, house. anyway, but but but, but, but. but but here's the other piece though is this, and this keeps us from discouragement. Is Eric is if your block doesn't change, mm-hmm. did you fail? No. If our communities don't change, like if in well, by the time you know we're 70 years old, we look around our neighborhood and it's mm. maybe worse. Right. I think as long as we've been faithful That's along right. the way, yep. um, we we trust God with everything else. That's good. Because we got a better gospel. Does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Right. Confidently. So be involved in your, your neighborhood. But we need to be displaying and proclaiming the real change. That's right? right. So I, if I could just go, that would have been a nice close, right? But then I'm a slow processor, so who we are. I've got I think one more point. What we do on this stoop is ramble on and on and on. I know. It's really a good place for me. That's what you Bores. don't listen anymore. And then we say the thanks for listening to the stoops. Yeah, we're like, thanks for joining us on the stoops. Check out onehope.gives. What were you going to say? So I was going to say, in terms of protecting our hearts from even ourselves and the disappointment of pressure, mm-hmm. of thinking, oh my goodness, I've been on this block for you know five years, and what have I done? What have I done? Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, reading good old Grimke the other day. I'm just on a Grimke kick. Francis Grimke. Francis Grimke says this on his book, Meditations on Preaching. He says... 
No man's ministry is a failure, however meager the results. If he has been faithfully and earnestly preaching the gospel of the grace of God, holding up to dying sinful man, God's message of redeeming love, such ministry is not and could not ever be a failure. That's good. And nice. so that's a mission. I'm like, all right, well, let me yeah. just grow in faithfulness. Yeah. But whether or not I'm going to be able to get million-dollar grants to develop a whole new park on my own, that is way too much of a burden for my shoulders to right. bear. But one that I can do is to be faithful with my mouth. That's so good. That's good. Yeah. And that's what we see, isn't it, when we read a lot of the old guys, when we read the we history of the it, churches. Right. They were doing so much in the community. They're starting businesses like the, the, the community wraps around the church. Yeah. Yet at the same time, they didn't lose the gospel. They were preaching yeah. the gospel. So we can do the same. They knew what the core was. Yeah. Now, if there's a million dollar grant out there, we um, down for we'll it. Take it. Let's go ahead. We will take it. We're <laughs> right. a 501c3, and we will use right. it to the glory of God. Right. Absolutely. We will steward that. So we're gonna end this episode with a request for money. <laughs> That's right. Millions that, of dollars. That might be the Lord a false puts gospel. it on your heart. Hey. Is that another? That's a false gospel in and of itself. But I'm hey, to you know, we've never made an ask, and at the end of the day, like, look, Stephanie does good work. Uh, with helping people. That's encouraging, brother. And she should be funded. <laughs> That's really encouraging, brother. Yeah, so somebody could get on www.onehope.gives. <laughs> this real talk. Or slash life. partner. Is it partner or donate? It might be donate now. And uh, give to Stephanie's ministry. Hey, I'm not going to say no. You know, I'm not going to say no. I'll just So say we thank can you. change the community. <laughs> but it's a false gospel. <laughs> it is. So cue Brian Sessions' voice. Yeah, right. yeah. This has been good. Nice hanging out on the stoop with y'all. That's right. Till next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives. <laughs>